Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. This is your unscheduled emergency podcast on what has been a such a joy 24 hours. Uh, the Essendon Football Club does have its moments. And again, we uh, we all, all us fans uh, get to uh, go through another interesting moment in the club's history. Probably not overly all their fault. But uh, on the line, we have Mr. Grant Hill. How are you going, Grant? Yes, mate, I am well. Uh, yeah, great. Just another another fun time to be an Essendon. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. That 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 um that uh, that sound, mate, is just pretty much twenty twenty in a nutshell. Really, we uh, we just it's just it's, it's up, it's down, it's up and down with the Essendon Football Club as a supporter. It really is. Well. Um... Yes, as we know, uh, Mr. Connor McKenna um, uh, has been tested positive for the virus. Uh, yep. And due to that, uh, the Melbourne Eston game has been postponed to later in the year. And the now the decision is: is can Essendon field a team for the upcoming weekend's clash against Carlton? Uh, the ruling is, I think, that uh, if a player has been more than two hours closely associated with McKenna, that they might have to isolate for two weeks. So it is up to the government, really, to decide if the group of eight that he trained with maybe on Wednesday need to be yep. isolated. That's a big call, and you'll, as we go through the podcast, you'll understand why that's a very big call. Um, yeah, I, I think the uh, one of the big things for me is that there's a lot of as is the case with social media and reporting nowadays, is that there's a hell of a lot of opinions, there's a hell of a lot of Twitter accounts, there's a hell of a lot of people making statements and the like. And I think we uh, we were very lucky enough today to be able to secure um, Herald Sun Journal Stan Landsberger. Um, exactly. He is he has been across this from the very beginning of this process, and um, we'll be able to uh, have a we had a chat to him earlier today that we recorded. He's great in that he'll give us the concise um, understanding and chrono uh, chronology of the of the issue that we currently have, um, and then I assume maybe we, we might get him back on a bit later when he uh, when we know a little bit more. But he gives us a great interview, gives us the facts as we currently know them and what it means to the club. Yeah, exactly. We um, to give you a bit of a mindset, we spoke to Sam at two p.m. on Sunday today, uh, so we'll try and get this show out just after three. So it is quite up to date. Uh, of, yeah. of what the situation is. So we wanted to do this for the fans. Uh, if it was just me and Grant, we weren't quite sure what to say. So we needed... Uh, yeah. Um, Sam's obviously been just uh, researching this since it's happened um, and a bit of a keen uh, bomber. I wouldn't, I'm not sure supporter. if the word supporter, but just very close to the well, club, you'll say. So yeah. he knows what's going on. Um, and, yeah, he, some of his insights is actually really interesting. So... Uh, yep. A really uh, good 13, 14-minute interview with Sam uh, coming up. Uh, so, Grant, when I told you the news, what what, what was your first thought? <laughs> my first thought was, honestly, if I'm 100% honest, my first thought was, oh, man, not something else again negative to do with the club that we have to deal with, right? But, honestly, right straight after that, I did realise that the number one thing to be concerned about and worried about is Conor McKenna's health. Yeah. As much as Australia has done exceptionally well with the way we have um, followed the directions of medical professionals in this country and 
it has resulted in minimal, um, minimal impact um, around this country. So poor Connor, I thought, man, he's, he's come back from Ireland. He's, I know he's got a bit of a pull back home, so he's come over here and we're, we're trying to keep him and he's social isolated for 14 days. He's been back at the club with his mates and then something like this happened. And it just, yeah, I thought, man, as a supporter of the Bombers, there are a lot of ups, there are a lot of highs in this, in this club, but, geez, there's a lot of sort of lows as well. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm a bit... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, uh, one of my first thoughts was how incredibly unlucky he is. Uh, I look... Uh, I don't know where this is going to lead, right? And and if, you know, the, obviously the Herald Sun and the Age are all talking about a, a possible open house he went to midweek. Um, yep. and, and that may be a breach of protocol. I don't even know that. I know the AFL relaxed a few restrictions. Um, yep. My gut feel probably would say it is because I was still very strict. But I'm not yeah. saying that. I'm, I'm just saying that as a fan uh, with an edge, with kind of a guess. But Really, six a state of six point five million people and one hundred and twenty people yeah, have this same. virus, and and look, <laughs> if we're all being honest, right? I, me and my wife, since the restrictions have lifted, we've enjoyed going down to the local cafe to support them. You know, and, and you know, there's twenty in the cafe, but they're not far away from you. They're like two meters from you. Uh, we've gone to the shopping center to do groceries, and it's been you know on the weekends have been absolute packed, like Christmas kind of packed. Yep. Uh, you know, we've all, you know, we've all been doing that. And, and I, I part of me feels for Connor because it's just statistically so unlucky. Like it is, when they yeah, say, you know, like a, when they say, you know, like one out of a hundred thousand, it really is that kind of stat. And, and it's just like, oh man, you don't, you know, as much as you might've done something minorly wrong, it just, oh man, I, it is incredibly unlucky and frustrating, and it just happened to be our club. There's 18 clubs. There's like 600 and something players. It just happened to be one of our players. But uh, it is what and it this is. And this is the thing, man. Like 2020, we've started off two and zip. We've got all our players back. They've had some extra rest. Um, they're running on top of the ground. They're looking, apart from Dyson, the other unlucky human at the moment. Um, yeah, very much so. We've got all our players back. We've got Connor back. Just a good um, vibe, I know you've though, been isn't it? It's some... just a good vibe. Yeah, man. We've got Joey D's back at the club um, doing some sprints and running around and kicking a footy, and that's what I want to see. And I thought, oh, man, this is great. This is – even though 2020 is a season is a bit messed up, um, it's, it's, again, for the – it's like that for another club, but from an Essendon point of view, I've got Joey back at the club smiling because I said, I know you, you went down there and saw him at training, mate, and he's got a smile from ear to ear. Yeah. He's enjoying being around the boys. Connor's back down there, man, and, and hopefully he's enjoying his time with the boys. And the club looks good. The players look good. Truck's got a good message. Um, Carousel's come in and doing well. And, mate, things were looking good. Two and zip. And then, I swear, <laughs> I don't know yeah. what mirrors we broke or what cracks <laughs> we stepped on or whatever it is as a club, but... Honestly, you, you were right what you said before with regards to Connor's the likelihood of Connor getting it. If he did go to an open house, that's cool. But the, you don't just if you pass somebody in the street, you don't get coronavirus, right? Like you have to, there has to be things like they have to sneeze on you or cough on you or repeatedly cough on you or something like that. Yeah, I don't know that he was hugging people at the open house or he was people were wildly coughing on him and that sort of stuff. So the odds. 
of Connor getting it, and even if it's, if it's just one of our Essendon players getting it, it's so remote yeah. um, that it's not even funny. But that's the Essendon Footy Club, man. <laughs> if it and can you, go wrong, it you, will go wrong. And you know me, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, right? But do you know what? Part of me just, I, I feel like I want him to be tested again just to make sure. Like when you have that kind of, we tested him, there was only, you know, there was irregularities and then we, so we test him again and we think he's positive, you know, just the language of like, like you know, maybe, is this, really? maybe yeah, is, really? is, is it, is it, I don't know if it's just the fan of me just begging to be the opposite and, you know, a test is a test, but, that's, but, that's but, exactly what it is. but, um, but, you know, we have actually heard tests and I you know I, I do on Facebook for my family and everything. I do like a nightly report, right. Of just saying, here's the stats, here's what's going on with the virus. And they all enjoy it because they don't have to watch the news. But I, but part of that is you get to understand that states take off tests and say, you know, this has been revised. That person end up wasn't positive. You know, and it's quite a number. Yep. Um, and, and just part of me in the back of my mind was like, oh, can we test him again? I'd be curious to see what, what his test is. <laughs> test is Tuesday, but that yeah, like I said, that's probably a fan of me. But it's point. Look, we can talk all we like, but we actually need an expert to come in. Uh, a man who's yeah, what, a man what, from. What we can do. Yep. Sorry, keep, sorry, mate. Keep, I'll, I'll just say, well, what we can do is just we'll, we'll bring him on, but then uh, you and I can have a bit of a chat about what this might mean. Worst case scenario if, uh, if the worst case scenario is realised after Sam. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, uh, let's go to a break, and after the break, we'll have Sam Lersberger on the line, and this will be uh, a great interview. Great. Talk soon. And welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. On the line is Mr. Sam Landsberger from the Herald Sun. Uh, how are you, Sam? Very well, thank you. How are you? Very, very good. I think this is maybe a first time we've actually spoke. So uh, it's great to um, uh, talk to you. And look, uh, I've been following your articles quite closely. Uh, you've been probably a key person in, in looking at the Connor uh, situation the last 24 hours and, and really enjoying kind of what you're writing and, and discovering. So... I think for our audience, we just wanted you to actually just give us a bit of a, a last 24-hour kind of state of play and, and kind of where we're sitting uh, as we speak. Yeah, sure. I might take you back to the very start if you want, and we can work through basically exactly what's happened to, to get to this point in time. Um, my understanding is that obviously Connor returned from Ireland a long time ago. He was spent two weeks in quarantine, tested negative to coronavirus twice, then came back to the Bombers. Um, he recorded five negative tests in his time at the Bombers, the last one of which was last Wednesday. Every Bomber was tested on the Wednesday. They all came back negative. So there was absolutely no reason for him to think that he couldn't go and train on Friday. He went to Friday's main session. Clubs are around one full-scale contact session a week under the current restrictions. That was Friday for the Bombers. So he engaged in full contact with every player. At the end of that training session, every Essendon player was then tested again as per AFL protocols, which states that every player must be tested 48 hours <coughs> excuse me, before they play. Connor was obviously picked to play against Melbourne 
in a game that would have been today. Um, he completed that test, went home thinking nothing was wrong. Um, and then Saturday morning, um, Dorovich, the lab that conducts the testing, I believe they got in touch with Essendon and said, um, Connor McKenna's result is pending. Um, not, not positive, just pending. So an alarm bell went off there. I think the Essendon club boss had called up Connor Saturday morning just to say, Connor, were you tested on Friday? Connor said, yes, I was. And, um, the instruction was then, well, you better get Ted Tullin Marine pretty quickly and, have another test just to see what was going on. Um, Connor came to Tullamarine. Marine. He didn't take part in Saturday's training session, training session which was just the captain's run. Uh, he social distanced for, from everyone. Went, had his second test done, um, and that unfortunately came back a couple of hours later as positive. So the Friday test showed a low-level irregularity, not a not a straight-out positive test, which shows that the virus is probably just starting um, to hit his distance. Uh, he probably picked it up in the 24 to 48 hours prior to that. But the positive test actually came on Saturday morning. And from an Essendon football point of view, uh, I think Dan Richardson, the footy boss, then got on a Zoom call with every player and uh, Lisa Laurie, who's the, the club's COVID-19 compliance officer, and basically just told them the, uh, the shattering news that uh, one of their players had coronavirus and um, unfortunately, the game against Melbourne, um, scheduled for today would be postponed. Now, we know that game won't be played in the current fixture block, even if Essendon gets on the park next week against Carlton. The, the Melbourne game will be pushed back probably until mid, mid-July at the earliest, until we've completed the next block of games. So that's sort of where it stands at the moment. Um, the AFL, as part of their protocols, put cameras in every club to record every training session for contact tracing purposes. Uh, yep. The Victorian Department of Health and Human Services, along with the AFL, they'll be going over the training footage of Essendon on Friday now to see if any players are at risk of being close contact with McKenna. So McKenna's obviously been ordered to, to self-isolate for 14 days. Um, and any, any other close contacts with McKenna will unfortunately have to self-isolate as well. The news today is that... Um, Andrew Dillon from the AFL has basically said that unless Essendon can't get 22 players on the park, they will have to play Carlton on Saturday night. I mean, even if there are several players in quarantine, Essendon will just have to do the best they can to to field a team of of healthy and fit (laughs) players. The the part that the AFL and DHHS is looking into is how Connor got the virus, basically. So they're trying to track his moves. Over the past week, my information is that he attended an open house inspection on Wednesday. So they are looking at that. Maybe there's an untraced cluster of, of Victorian cases from that, but we're still sort of looking into those areas. Sorry, what, what was that date on the open house? And oh, look, I believe he, he may have um, met his foster family. Do we have timelines on that? Sorry. Uh, I think he went to the open house inspection on Wednesday. Okay. Um, he might have also visited his foster family, that sort of um, that's trying to be concerned at the moment. So ba- they're basically looking at his every move just to find out where he picked up the virus because he's clearly picked it up from somewhere. Can I ask, from your knowledge, is the open house uh, would be a, a breach of protocol? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't got the document in front of me, but it would be staggering to think that it wouldn't be. I mean, um, the, the protocols are so strict. I mean, players basically can't mix with anyone outside of their football bubble. I know they were loosened on Monday so yeah. the players could surf and fish and play golf, but even that, they, they weren't allowed to play golf with players from other teams, I believe. It was only still to 
um, to, to keep them in that bubble. And that's why they've been training in these groups of eight or nine, to, to really limit the contact. So, look, without having the document in front of me, um, I think there'd certainly be questions to ask if Connor went to an open house and they were, say, you know, 10, 20, 30 strangers potentially mingling. I, I think that there definitely would be a red flag on that. Yeah, okay. I mean, even if you're Connie, you'd probably call a doctor and just double check and say, "I'm going here." Is that is that wise? But um, but yeah, it's. Uh, hey Sam, yeah. Like, is there any um? Is there any thought that any of the coaching staff um will be uh, sort of I don't know affected by this process, and not only can we lose X amount of players for next week, but any chance of the, the coaching staff not being able to attend the game or, or act in their roles? Yeah, it's a fair question. I mean, Connor's training group would have had a, a, a coach probably assigned to that group. So Kelly, Kelly, that would yeah. probably be the, co- the, the coach um, Connor's had the most contact with. But look, I mean, all players and staff are at risk. I mean, everyone inside club bubbles are getting tested twice a week at the moment. So, um, you know, the, the the anxiety of not knowing whether you, you potentially caught it or not would extend not only not only to the players but to the staff at Essendon as well and also yeah. their, their, their partners and, and families as well who they may live with. So I think all players and staff will be retested again on Tuesday um, and, and that'll be uh, pretty interesting to see if any other irregularities or even positives do, do um, pop up on Tuesday. It's interesting. One of the wow. inter- one of the interesting ones, Sam, is is the timeline. So, for me, I, like I actually attended the Wednesday and Friday training. Um, obviously, you know the hangar probably pretty well. You can actually see, you know, from the from the road outside the premises pretty easily. Um, so I went down, just had a look, uh, and so I saw the the teams of eight on the Wednesday, and that's pretty much the last time, as far as I know, McKenna went into a, a group of eight. Um, on the park now that was all the key defensive group uh so correct so um that would be the immediate concern of the Eston football club saying yeah that's great that um you know we can field more than 26 but it's actually (laughs) it's actually the eight players that are missing a whole a whole line of the of, of the oval could be omitted uh and you you literally don't have many defenders <laughs> to actually replace. Uh, is that how you're seeing it? That the I that's what I visibly saw. It was like the Hooker, Hurley's, Ridley, Sard, all, all training with McKenna, and then that would be the the outside of the players' well-being. That would be a huge concern for Essendon moving forward. You've hit on a really good point there. So again, my understanding is like you've just said: Hooker, Sard, Hurley, Guelphy, Ridley, Redmond. They were all in Connor's group and. It's really interesting. When the AFL um, came up with these restrictions and, and training um, orders, that, that, that the strong advice given a club was to not um, put players from the same position in the same group. They said to, to spread them out because if the worst-case scenario hit and one group had to be quarantined, you, you don't want to lose yep. um, one section of, of, you, of your entire ground. Now, Essendon clearly, um, it looks like they, they haven't gone down that path. In fairness to Essendon, I, I don't think, I think several clubs um, uh, did what Essendon did and did group players in the same line. I, I spoke to Dion Prestiel last week and at Richmond, I think he was in a training group with, you know, um, Trent Cotchin and Collie Dawkins and yeah. maybe Jack Graham and a couple of others. So, so mainly midfielders. So I don't think Essendon's won out in terms of grouping players against the AFL's advice. But I mean, if it, did, if it does play out that way and, and the defenders are most at risk, it's certainly going to leave the, the bombers potentially pretty open in the back one 
against Carlton on Saturday night. Yeah, well, look, uh, I, sorry, Grant, you go. So yeah, no, I just want to understand from a procedural point of view from the AFL is is the only penalties Essendon uh, is going to face for this issue? Is it just uh, the the sidelining of players that may be exposed to uh, to Connor for a period of time, or did the AFL implement fines or suspensions along this line? Oh, look, it, it's just unprecedented territory. I, I look, obviously, um, Adelaide got off pretty light for, for their um, increase yeah. in the value earlier this year. I think Connor would probably become come under the, mic- the microscope if he has breached the, the protocols. But look, I, I just think that it's so early on in this. I mean, you know, we're still trying to figure out who the close contacts are and you know where the rest of them will actually be able to get on the part next week. I don't look. I, I don't think fines are certainly. Um, uh, and, Sort of a league of the AFL wants to support at the moment. We all know that the financial strain on clubs this year. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to, to be fining clubs. That's just my two cents. But yeah, look, I think the focus at the moment is just sort of making sure that everyone's okay and, and healthy and um, don't have the virus and that hopefully they can get back on the pub. The, the one point to add in is that I was speaking to a few people higher up last night and they suggested that because Connor was at a low level of regularity on Friday, that they were hopeful that, you know, in terms of him being contagious, he was a, sort of in the embryonic stage. So hopefully when he was training on Friday, um, he certainly, you know, he might not have been contagious as he would have been 24 or 48 hours later. So yep. the fact that they did detect it early on hopefully means um, that, that, yeah, he, he wasn't putting too many others at risk. Now, uh, look, we've only got you for 10 minutes, so I'll make this the last one, mate. And again... So much appreciate uh, just giving your time because I know there's a heck of a lot going on. So, and there's actually a game still about to happen. So, again, uh, <laughs> before we go, uh, a huge thank you. And we'd love to actually have you on a- another time for a-, a proper chat about footy. And and I know you're an Essendon man, aren't you? Um, well, uh, I don't mind the bombers. I'll put it that way. Yeah, don't mind. yeah, got a strong affiliation for them. Soft spot. Okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so soft spot. That's a better word. So look, Tuesday, the players, all the players get tested, and the AFL's noted that the results will come same day. Uh, I guess my last question is: Do you know what the play of state of play is of one if the players all test negative, um, even even the eight? Um, and one if suddenly three players tested positive? Well, the, the ones who tested positive would obviously be put uh, into 14 days of quarantine straight away. Um, in answer to the other question, I, I actually don't know that just yet. Um, even if they test negative, um, there is a possibility that DHH tests would still determine certain people are, are close contacts of McKenna and yeah. advise for, for community reasons that they, that they are quarantined, but that is that is still to play out. I, I, I can't be concrete on that either way. A, a lot of this is at the hands of the, of the health authorities that the Victorian yeah. government right now. Uh, but I, I think it is important to say as well that, I mean, poor Conor McKenna, you know, he's going to be sitting at home for the next two weeks and, um, you know, we, we can't do it physically. <laughs> so we, we, do, we do need to wrap our arms around him in a, in a little bit, in a, in, a, in a fair way to make sure he is okay because it would be a really challenging time for him. So, uh, yeah, I think sort of, you know, his, his mental welfare is, it's pretty important at the moment. Um, and, well, yeah, he's yeah, going to do two isolations in six weeks. Correct, yeah. And, and, and he'll, keep, he'll keep getting retested until he's negative as well. So, um, yeah, there's just so much to play out here as we speak at the moment. Well, uh, can't thank you enough, mate. Uh, get back to what you do best. And uh, we'd love to have you on the show later on in the year and just talk footy. 
Pleasure. Anytime, guys. Thanks so much. Sure. Thank you very much, James. Thanks, Sam. And welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Fantastic uh, interview with Sam. Uh, one thing for sure, he got straight to the point. Didn't didn't yeah. didn't waste any time on the amount of information he could give us. Uh, he obviously knows a heck of a lot. Uh, so uh, so much appreciated, Sam, and would you know re- obviously regard you automatically as a friend of the show for coming on uh, when you're yeah, extreme, when you're extremely busy uh, to uh, to give us 13, 14 minutes of your time. Uh, can't be more grateful. So look for me. Uh, obviously the. Gillen's talking about, you know, Essendon has to, if Essendon have 26 players at least, they will be forced to play. Um, yep. That's where we are at, this, at the moment. Obviously, news is capping every hour. So please be um, understanding that if by the time the podcast's out that things have changed, we're only going to, we can only talk about what the situation is of what we're speaking right now. Right so, now. Yeah, yep. so uh, it's, a, it's a very much a quick-moving beast. Uh, look, obviously the concern is around the eight players that Connor was with. Um, uh, and that was the Wednesday eight group, which is pretty much the key defensive group. Um, I think you've got Hooker, Hurley, Ridley, Saad, Guelphy, Redmond, possibly Ridley as well. I'm pretty sure Ridley's part of that. Uh, that is a con- obviously a massive concern to the Essendon Football Club. Dude, it's, it's, it's half the side. Yeah, I mean, like it's seriously, yeah. it's the, the most the most settled best part of the entire side at the moment. So that's a massive problem. Yeah, you you would rather you know, you'd rather a couple of you have a couple of VFL more list of players and you know two from each group in the seniors at least yeah. you know, from each the midfield you know the the defence and forwards just because to add just to have because we've got some depth in each area. But look. Here's some of the names we can go through, right? So, if that was a scenario, let's just play interesting scenario. Say those guys have to isolate, but we have to play. Here's the names that I think Essendon would look at as possible defenders for the back six. Now, my belief is Zerk Thatcher um, is not in that group of eight, but I, I'm happy to be wrong. But look, I watched oh, him. Mate. I watched him Wednesday. And he came out in a group of eight of just youngsters. So he came out with, you know, your Clarks, kind of your your um, your under twenty one kind of group, if that makes sense. So yep. he wasn't yep. in a, a forward mid defensive group. He was just in a, a group of Draper and, and, and just the young players. Um, so sure. so his and his suspension is over. So from his um, break from his breach of protocol. So he obviously would play be the number one defender that we would have almost. Walks, walks straight in, yep. So Marty Gleeson, um, which is a name not really being mentioned as being part of the eight, if that was the case, very, there's, there's two good defenders at least to start off with with some sort of structure. Um, yeah. The, the ones that I think they would have to shift around, um, it's, it's a bit of a shame with Happel, but – you know, if you've got the Clark and Hibbards and a few midfielders available um, who can play, you'd almost be tempted to have McGrath go down as your small back, who plays that role almost better than uh, better than anyone in the in the AFL. Almost, he's that good down there. Um, 
have you yep. play? He plays the Sadi role, right? Um, then you got yeah, absolutely. But he's also he's also good at a shutdown role down there as well. Yeah, exactly. Then you've got guys who may have played back as a junior, like Laverde played half back uh, as a junior uh, and was very good, and that's almost half the reason we recruited him. But we we ended up playing him forward. Um, you know, great physical specimen player, played plenty of senior games, could contribute um, uh, easily. Uh, and, and you know, 6'2 kind of frame. You've got guys like um, Sam McBride, the Irish guy, who's been playing halfback all preseason. Bit, look, it's a big, big call. Um, he was obviously, you know, really impressive against West Coast in the preseason when he played. I watched him against the Melbourne game at Casey. He was actually really, really impressive there as well. So, no, he knows his defensive structure really well. Um, it's probably just when he gets the ball, um, you you want him to handle <laughs> just for now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but getting a lot, lot better at it. Then then you've kind of got guys like um, which I've wrote down as guys like Townsend, Cutler, um, Stewart. Um, who you could just, you know, uh, what are their, yeah, what are their histories like? Townsend's a very defensive, tough nut minded player. So even if he plays mid or forward, his mindset is very defensively structured kind of player that does a lot of hard stuff. So I could easily see him being a Redman, you know, that kind of player who, who, who knows the, who, who's very sound in defensive measures, um, so they're, they're the kind of things I'm kind of throwing out. Now, of course, Fantasia gets another week. You you then, you know, you, that's where Townsend can can be moved down back. You can have Fantasia move to his spot. Um, and you're not losing too much. Um, so, look, there, there is options. I don't know what Stuart would be like as a backman, but you, you feel like you need no, a I'd, I'd probably, good buddy. I'd, or you yeah, really, look, I reckon, we'd, I reckon McKernan would be a better option than Stuart, I think. McKernan's got a bit of flexibility in him. So bring in like Stewart. So bring in a Stewart uh, and have yeah, McKernan. bring in a Stewart in in forward and then have McKernan down back um, on whatever tall we need to chuck down there. Like a, if we're playing Carlton or whatever it is, like a Casbolt or a whatever whatever other hacks they've got running around in their forward line, um, just have McKernan try and stick with him. Um, yeah, he's I mean, got the, the mobility. I think McGrath would handle Eddie Betts pretty well. Um, yep. Uh, so and then, and then yeah, you're really talking about Casbolt, who's not fast, but he is an exceptional mark. So you just want height on him. Um, yeah, he's and, a big unit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's where McKernan could do something well. So look, you've got structure. I mean, even Zerk Thatcher is actually a very good puncher of the ball. He's got a bit of Hartley uh, about him, um, who would be very nice handy now too. Um, so very much so. Yeah. So look, could we field a back six that? Uh, Defensively pretty sound. Yes, they're just nowhere, if we're all being realistically, they're probably just not of the quality. And they don't have the teamwork as a back six. I mean, that's the, no, the bad part. Is, that's, that's the key. It's when, you, when you've got the ball, like in the back pocket, these guys haven't worked together as a unit, you know. Yeah. So that's it, it would be Essendon's flow and game plan that really suffers uh, because, you know, Saudi – is a big, big part of the Essendon Football Club and generating run yep. and joining an attack. Um, but yeah, but we could we field a team that could beat Carlton? I'm still going to say yes. Um, Ooh, okay. Uh, so no, I'm not saying we're favourites, but 
do I think on their day if with these names uh, in, then I go, yeah, I, I, if, you know, Stuart comes in, Fantasia comes in, uh, we, we do a bit of changing around, Laverde comes in. They're not, they're not like bad names. Like they're not. No. They're I've totally lost Grant there. Sorry. <laughs> so I'm just going to call him back. Uh, that was, uh, that was handy. Um, so sorry about that, everyone. Uh, we're doing this on the fly. Um, yeah, and I'm back. Yes, <laughs> sorry about that. I'm back. Yeah, no, nothing happened there. Nah, just ignore that. Um, yeah, so, you know what I was thinking is is the key. One of the one of the real keys is that if we've got a makeshift backline, and that's what it will be, and that's okay. I just think the pressure on the midfield becomes a massive thing um, against Carlton. Is that the the pressure that we put on Carlton's midfield and the pressure that we put and if we stop them running through the midfield, hitting, trying to hit Casbolt lace out, then the likes of BZT and, and makeshift Shawnee McKernan or whoever down the back or Laverde will have a much better chance of being con, um, competitive against those blokes yeah. than if Carlton's running through the middle, putting it lace out in front of people, then we've got a lot of trouble. So yeah. I think I mean, if, if we can possess the ball and really uh, and control the middle of the ground, then those guys will be thanking the midfielders in a big way after the game. Well, yeah, I think you would have to strategically try and win the game by shutting out key players. And, and this is where, you know, I would actually have a Dylan Clark play his role on um, uh, oh, just Crips. Crips. Yeah, uh, that's a... Uh, you know, come into the side, play your role. See if you can do a shutdown role. McGrath, you do a shutdown. Yeah, absolutely. On, you do a shutdown on bets. You can go a long way if those two guys uh, are nullified out of the game. So that's, I 100% agree. So you, you can – that's what I mean. You you can name a side that will be very competitive still. You you still oh, you still got your Smith, your Shield, your Zeret, your, your McGrath, your Waller, your Stringer, yep. you know, McCurdy. Horatio comes in. Horatio come in. I mean, there's plenty of names – that can cause a side trouble. So, and and, but, uh, look, and we'll have I a bit agree. of a chip on our shoulder too. So, yeah, and I don't think all is not lost, like Bomber fans, right? All is not lost in this situation. Now, we're, <laughs> it is, it's not good that we've lost two All Australians and the other what four players in our backline, um, or more players in our backline. That ain't good, right? And now the likelihood of, I mean, Carlton again, uh, despite them getting a win, um, then they're no good, right, as a team. They're not real special at all. So if we were playing Richmond next week, I would be, we were in all manner of trouble. But if it's Carlton, those guys, you put them under the tiniest breath of pressure and they fold, right, because it's, it's Carlton and they're no good at the moment. So the Bombers just have to go into the game, not by saying, oh, man, we've lost our entire back line. We have to go back into the game, well, listen, we've got, Good depth at the club now. Depth that gives us Pickler Verde and it gives us BZT and it gives us um, uh, those kind of guys. And Townsend's um, versatile and, and McKernan's versatile. And we've got Marty Gleeson, who's a perfectly good player who just can't oh, get into yeah. the team. Like Gleeson and Zerk Thatcher are actually quality defenders. Like that's it. Yeah, that 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 those two are really critical um, because they're they're going in. They know their stuff. Um, yeah. 
Uh, and, the, you know, the beauty of having quite a healthy list, I know the, the Heppel news was very, very sad. But, look, yep. I, there was only four or five guys in the modified group all week. Uh, and you know, Heppel will add to six. But out of 45 players, you've got 39 you know, close, pretty much available. Available, yeah. Uh, and, you know, and 30 of those guys are good players. So, you know, I know eight could be out, but I think we've got a talented players enough to be quite competitive, more so than a, a 2016 situation where we had to have the top-up players. And, you know, yeah. mo- most of the midfield group was out, you know. It was just like a – it was just a nightmare of who was out, Um Absolutely, and it's Carlton. Like when it comes down to it, it's Carlton, and they're, they're not real special at the moment. As how did they? How did they beat Geelong in Geelong? I, was, I do not know, man. That I do not know. I that's, seriously. Oh, just I, I have no idea. I mean, yeah. Anyway, but that's the thing. I, I don't look at that, and I don't look at that and be scared to to face the bombers. I really don't because Carlton are one of those teams. You can see it, man. Carlton and Melbourne, for that matter. They're one of those, or a couple of those teams that they don't have the Richmond, oh man, ready for this? They don't have the eye of the tiger like Richmond do. Um, Classy. Hey, thanks very much. Um, they don't have the professional viciousness that a Geelong had back in the day that Richmond currently have with their drilled um, game plan and all that sort of stuff. And they don't have it. And the, the, if Essendon can match them early and put the blowtorch on them and and be a bit in control through the midfield and be getting the ball regularly into the um, into our forward line. And if the entries into Carlton's forward line are not real special or not lace out perfect, then Casbolt, he's useless when the ball doesn't get put on top of his head perfectly. Um, Eddie Betts is great, but he's 106 years old. And I'll back Andy McGrath every day against him now. Um, and apart from that, they've got bit players, right? So, I'm not that worried. It's just a huge disruption to our game plan again um, that we have to uh, deal with. Yeah, I, that, man, that's I, it. No, I mean, it's, it's for me. It's it's the names in the park. We're gonna we could field are pretty good, but are they all in sync? That's my biggest concern. Yeah. Is is yeah, that's perfectly understandable? Yeah, a third of the side coming in and coming out is you know it's not ideal in any way or form especially when no. especially when the third coming in is likely their first game for 2020 right yeah. so yeah. it's it's not ideal but you know they've done a lot of match simulation it's it's something at least and uh, and look, nothing would be more sweeter if that was the scenario and we beat Carlton and we're three oh. and, and we're actually on top of the ladder. Imagine that. If we we're, <laughs> we're on top of the ladder, everyone hates us and we're three zip. And uh, I'll tell you what, mate, if, if, if 2020 could get any worse, then I'd, I'd love to see it. But, mate, if, we, if, you can, if you can try and look on the positives of 2020, everybody, I know I'm still struggling with doing it, but I'm trying every day to look on the positives of these things. Mate, you do, what you just said is, is right. Could you imagine we get over the line by seven points or by four points or something like that against Carlton? We pinch another one with players missing. We're on top and we go back into uh, Collingwood the week after, fully prepared with all of our players. Because if you look on the bright side, now let's just assume and hope sincerely, and I mean this on behalf of I'll just, say on just, behalf of you. Just, just quickly, just quickly. I don't want to deaden your thought there, but oh, yeah. uh, they, those guys would miss two games. Um, oh, pucks, would they? Yeah, yeah. It would be a 14-day isolation, and, the, and uh-huh. the, the Collingwood game would be on the 12th day, I think. 
Um, oh, great. Okay, so cancel everything I just said. Um, sorry, I didn't want to. But no, no, no. The, the, the but you would, but you, it, would be, you would be 3-0 no matter what going into Collingwood, and I think that, that there's no doomsday scenario anyway. If you lose, you lose, no. but there's no doomsday scenario being 3-1. and one. Absolutely. And, and I think one of the other things too is that in, 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 in sincerity, and I mean this, we if any of the players, Connor especially because it's been confirmed, but if any other player at the Essendon Football Club, official player, official, or anybody along those lines contracts this thing, then our hearts go out to you. But if they don't, um, then it's just, again, it's another two weeks worth of recovery or yeah. a, a two weeks worth of rest for our, for our players. Now, like, like they did in isolation when they were back at their houses, they'll be... They'll be training, they'll be doing the cardio, they'll be doing their push-ups and all that sort of stuff. So they'll be still physically okay to play. Um, and when we get them back after Collingwood, it's, look, it'll be a tough game to win against Collingwood without those players, I must say. But when we get them back, mate, then the season kicks on. And because if we can pinch a win against Carlton, we will be 3-1 and one, and we'll probably still be on top of the ladder. And that's that's a good place for the bombers to be, and a good place for supporters' uh, mind play uh, mind uh, set to be is that mate three and one game on. We've got everybody back. Let's go. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit like that, isn't it? So look, uh, we'll we'll leave it there. Um, yes, mate. I uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast. It was not definitely not scheduled for today. Uh, no, but wasn't exactly how we wanted to do it. No, we were quite happy to do a uh, match review celebration of three and zero on a Monday, I had Monday the, night. I had, the snacks, I had the snacks ready, man. I had. I was coming <laughs> I over to your place. I was going to watch it on the big screen. I know, and I know. yeah, not so much. Would have been would have been starting in twenty minutes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it is what it is. If, if any clubs used to this, uh, us fans are. So we'll we'll, we'll 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 get over it. We'll deal with it, and um, we'll move on. Move on, mate, because we've got a game against Carlton coming up. And again, every player that run that pulls on that sash and plays in the back line, forward line, or sitting on the bench, that's that's all I care about, mate. When they hit the ground, they get full support, um, and they get. Uh, uh, they get my full cheering, and and they're as good as the, the best players we've got on the park. If they walk on that field. Yep, yep, exactly. And and let's um, let's all send messages and tweets to Connor and just give him all the support we he can. Because I mean, he, he's he's one probably feeling incredibly guilty, but also two, he he has actually got a um, a disease that is very unpredictable. Uh, yeah, on, absolutely. On, on the severity, so he he also have a mindset of you know. Just what will it do, or if will it do anything? But yep. you know, thankfully he's very fit and very healthy, which statistics say is, is a much better position to be in. But uh, he's, yeah. he's he would have a lot on his mind. So um, I tweeted him support last night. Uh, I encourage his fans just to just to send messages of support, whether through the club or or him, um, better uh, or Instagram, whatever. But let's let's get behind him. That's what we do as Essendon fans. Yep. All right, mate. All right. Uh, thanks again, man. And I have no idea when our next show will be. Obviously, there's a bit of a uh, a lull. We'll we'll just see what the week plays out. I think we'll know a lot more by Tuesday night. Um, when yeah, the t- agree. when the Tusks come back, and um, we'll we'll govern our show by then. We'll, we'll give you, we'll keep you updated. Yep. Alrighty. Thanks everybody for listening. All right, guys. Thanks again, and go Bombers. Mm-hmm.